0: Hello and welcome to the Pandemic Puppy Podcast brought to you by Journey Dog Training and the Pandemic Puppy Raising Support Group over on Facebook. I'm your host, Kayla Fratt, and I'm super excited to be here with you guys. We're covering puppy raising right from the start, and as even though I'm a professional dog trainer, this is my first time raising a puppy too, so I'm right in the trenches with you all on the good, the bad, the cute, and the stinky. Today it's actually just me on the episode and we're going to be talking about clicker training. Um, I got a request from um, a commenter asking if we could go over clicker training and um, because I'm frankly running a little bit behind on uh, getting some episodes out for this podcast, we're going to go ahead and tackle this one with just me on it. So before we get started, just a quick reminder that this podcast is supported by our members over on Patreon. So for as little as $3 a month, you get to support this podcast um, and, you know, your support pays for things like the fees to get this podcast edited and published. Um, And then you get perks like submitting questions for us to tackle at the end of each episode. You can sign up over at patreon.com slash pandemic puppy. All right. So clicker training, um... Clicker training is one of those things that's kind of all the rage. It's really popular right now in dog training. Um, So in this episode, we're going to go over what clicker training is, how to do it, theories on why it works, when it does and doesn't work best, some other marker training options, fancy marker systems, and, and a little bit more. But mostly, we're just going to focus on the bare basics of getting started with clicker training. So a clicker is just um it's basically like a child's toy so i'm going to click mine for you guys and just so you can hear what it is okay so that's all it is um and the reason we use clickers in dog training is basically your clicker is there's a bunch of fancy jargon for it it's a bridge stimulus it's a marker stimulus but basically what all of that means is that you are using your clicker to mark a behavior so that your dog knows that a reward is imminent. Um, A reinforcer is imminent. So the idea is if you wanted your dog to run away from you and touch their nose to um, a post-it note on the wall and then come back to you, you could click at the moment that their nose touched the wall, but reward them when they come back to you. And that will help kind of clarify the exact process. Because if you didn't use any sort of marker, if you didn't use a clicker, or a verbal marker, or in the case of a deaf dog, a, a, a visual, visual marker, like a hand signal, um, and your dog was moving away from you to go touch the wall, and as they touched the wall, you started trying to run over to them to shove food in their mouth, um, you're going to disrupt the behavior. So what you really need is a uh, generally an auditory stimulus to help your dog understand that something has happened that is earning them a reward. Um, And even, so that example that I gave is a really obvious and clear one of, you know, the dog is moving away from you and it would obviously be really challenging to get food into their mouth at the exact right time in order to, um, to train that behavior well. So the clicker helps you kind of bridge that gap or mark the behavior that you like seeing from your dog. So that's where bridge or marker comes from. But you can also use it for really simple tasks like teaching your dog to sit or touch their nose to your hand or lie down or really just about anything. We are going to get into a couple cases where I wouldn't I don't tend to use clickers. Um And the thing is, if you don't use a clicker, there's nothing wrong with not using a clicker. I actually do quite a bit of my training without a clicker. But most of the time, if I'm not using a clicker, I'm using what we call a verbal marker. So I'm saying things like yes or good or catch or tug. And those are all verbal markers that for my dogs mean different types of rewards are coming. So most of my clients just use yes or good. They don't use a variety of different marker signals just because it's easier. And um, that allows me to, A, be a little bit more hands-free, which is nice if I'm trying to manage treats and a leash and a dog. Um, I often don't want to add a clicker into the mix. Um, And I always have my voice with me, so that's a big advantage. But, okay, so if you don't use a clicker and you don't use a verbal marker, basically what you're left with is trying to reward at the right time all the time, always. And that's obviously really challenging. Um, And what ends up happening is that your dog starts looking for other stimuli that predict that food is on its way. So even if you're, if you basically, the thing is, if you're not intentionally marking behavior with a clicker or a verbal marker, your dog is likely still picking up on something in your movement or your behavior that predicts that food is coming. So If you're not intentional about it, your marker, quote-unquote, might be leaning forward or reaching into your treat pouch or smiling or something like that that your dog is able to pick up on that means that a reward is imminent. And the thing is, again, if you're not doing this consistently and clearly, you're just not doing as good of a job of nice, clean training, okay? So with that, I, I think this is a good time to kind of pivot into, there is a, there's been some research on clicker training, basically looking into its efficacy. Um, and a lot of the studies that have come out, while they are quite limited, most of the studies actually have come out showing that clicker training isn't all that much better. But most of those studies have been pretty limited in that they're looking um, they're working with really uh, concrete behaviors where it actually isn't that challenging to do well without a marker stimulus. And if you're a really good trainer with clean mechanics, you can probably get away without a, a marker system. But most of my clients, and honestly, I would uh, include myself in this most of the time, uh Our mechanics, um, so our, like, physical ability to see the behavior we like in our dogs and reward it in a timely and consistent manner are just not good enough, so a clicker really helps clean that up. Okay? So, um, let's talk about how to actually use a clicker. Basically, your clicker functions similar to a camera where you are trying to take a picture of the moment that your dog does something that you like. So if you're trying to teach your puppy to sit, you're going to click the moment their bum hits the ground, and then if it takes you another second to, so you click, and then you reach into your treat pouch, and then you deliver the food, and the puppy has moved in that couple seconds that it took you to actually deliver the food, the click should help clarify that the sit is what earned the reinforcer, earned the food. So the sit should continue to happen. Okay? So again, it's just a little, uh, it's taking a picture of something that you like from your dog and then you're rewarding them accordingly. One of the really, Im- there's there's two important things that m- people often get wrong with clicker training on, at, in the beginning. One is that if they accidentally click, you know, they click and then their puppy jumps up or they, they click, but then their puppy didn't actually go all the way into a lie down or something like that. You still, especially with a young puppy, need to feed that puppy um, and just go ahead and give them the food anyway. It's it's not a big deal. Um, but the click is a promise <laughs> to your dog that you're going to give them their reward. So um, so if you click accidentally, just go ahead and feed them. It's not a big deal. Just try to work on your timing in the future. The other mistake that a lot of people make is that they're, they'll have their treats in one hand and their clicker on the other hand, And their dog sits and then they reach to give the dog the treat and they click at the same time or they click as they're reaching or they click even after they've fed the dog. And at that point, the click is functionally useless because your dog um, is already aware that the treat is coming as soon as your hand with the treats in it is moving. So it needs to be a multi-step process of click, then treat, click, then treat. And in some cases, that may be click, reach into your treat bag, grab a treat, deliver the treat to your dog's mouth. Um, Once you get good at this, it tends to be very fluid and quite fast. I generally do keep treats in my hand to make things a little bit faster at first, but I'm still really careful to make sure that I click And then treat. And I'm not moving the hand with the treats in it until I've already clicked. Because as soon as that hand is moving, that's all your dog is paying attention to. And the clicker is at that point useless, which isn't a bad thing. It's not going to ruin your training in a lot of cases. But at that point, like, why are you clicking? Um, Because your dog is already aware that the food is on its way. All right. So let's talk about how to actually get started with clicker training if that's something you're interested in for your puppy. So the basics are going to be pretty. Easy. Um, Go ahead and get yourself a clicker, um, or if you'd rather use a marker word, decide on your marker word. Again, I recommend something like bingo or bravo or something that isn't going to come out of your mouth accidentally a lot of times. And then all you're going to do is get some food. Um, I generally just use kibble with most puppies that are pretty good eaters. And you're just going to um, click your clicker or say your marker word and then deliver food. Do that a couple times until you start to see your puppy queuing into the fact that your marker predicts food coming in the next couple seconds. That generally happens within 5 to 10 repetitions. Then go ahead and take a break. You know, just, just a couple minutes if you need. You can play with your puppy or cuddle them or let them go potty. Um, and then you can come back. And now I want you to start something super duper simple to start out with. So I really like teaching a hand target as a first clicker behavior. So there, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have my clicker and my food in one hand, and then I'm going to use my other hand to offer my hand just a couple inches from the puppy's face. And when the puppy extends their nose to sniff my hand or touch my hand, um, at the moment where I think they're at full extension, I'm then going to click and then deliver food. And notice that I didn't say click at the moment where your puppy touches their nose to your hand because they might not make it all the way there the first couple times. And that's okay. So you're just starting to teach your puppy the very basic idea that their behavior can make the click happen while also reinforcing the fact that the click makes food happen. So do that a couple more times and then start moving your hand a little bit further away from the puppy so that they actually have to stand up or take a step or extend their neck a little bit further in order to get that hand target done and then continue clicking and treating. So again, What it's going to look like is your puppy starts to move towards doing the behavior and gets as close as you think they're going to get, which is this is where the art comes into animal training instead of just the science. You're going to click at that moment, and then you are going to deliver food. And again, if you want to go on and use the clicker for any other behavior, go ahead and do that. You can click and then treat whenever your puppy does anything that you like. Um, It's particularly useful in a discrete training situation, so you don't have to use it If you're just having your rewarding your puppy for checking in with you on a walk or looking at you or lying calmly at your feet, you can absolutely train without the clicker, even if you're using the clicker a lot for other training. But um, those are the basics of kind of getting started with clicker training. I do think this is the sort of thing that's best demonstrated on video. So I'll make sure in the show notes to include a couple good videos of people introducing puppies to clicker training um, so that you guys can see that there. Um, so you don't always have to use a clicker though. If you start clicker training your puppy, that doesn't mean you need to have your clicker um, attached to your wrist 24-7 and every single time you see your dog doing something you like or every time your puppy does something you like, you need to click and then feed. No, no, no. You can still give them food um, as much as you want. You can still reward them. You can still praise them. You can do whatever you want. Um without the clicker as your clicker training. And I do that all the time. So let's get into some of the times where I personally don't use a clicker because I think that might be helpful. Um, I don't use a clicker for my dogs when I am working on a duration behavior. So I will not use a clicker in general if I'm trying to teach my dog to do a down stay or a sit stay or hold um, hold something in their mouth. If I'm trying uh, for a, for a period of time, mostly downs and sits stays. Um, if I'm trying to really build duration, I tend not to use a clicker um, because a lot of time there, I want to be able to reward my dog and have them stay put, and then I'll reward them again. And a clicker, in the way that most of us teach it, the dog will jump up and go for the food, um, and that's you know that's what we've taught them, and it's fine. Um, so I, I just, I, and, and it's not necessary because where a clicker is strongest for most people is in a precision behaviors where you need, you need a little bit of distance or you just need something that will help you reward at the right time. And if you're trying to teach your dog to do a downstay, you don't need that because, you know, it, it, it's not a, it's not a high precision behavior in most cases. So I really don't use them for, uh, I don't use clickers for for duration behaviors, I also don't use clickers much when I'm just capturing behavior. So when Niffler um, was just starting to graduate out of being in his puppy palace and be loose in the house more and more, I was. Always rewarding him for stuff that I saw that he liked, you know, the first times that he settled next to my next to my desk while I was talking or recording a podcast or responding to emails, I was feeding him and I wasn't bothering to reach for my clicker and dig it out of my my pen jar, and then click and then food, feed him I was just giving him food. Um, I also, again, as I mentioned, don't tend to use clickers in situations where I already have a lot of stuff in my hands. And frankly, in Montana winters, I don't really use them very often when I'm I'm outdoors in the winter because my hands are cold and I want to be able to shove them in my pockets and just, you know, I've got like a leash in each hand in my pocket and then I've got treats in my pocket and I just like, there's not room for a clicker in there. <laughs> um, so again, once you start using a clicker, it doesn't mean you have to use it for everything. Um... And it doesn't mean that even even in other situations, if you prefer not to use a clicker, you're always losing it or you're always forgetting it or whatever, you can use a marker instead. Um, so in that case, I use the word good or yes. Um, as they For me and my dogs, that means the same thing as a click. That just means food is coming your way. Good dog. Here's your food. Um, and the reason that I use good or yes or something like that, um, I've got some friends who say bravo or bingo or super. Um, you, The reason you want to do that instead of like good dog or good boy or nice job or something like that is those will kind of come out of your mouth accidentally all the time. And it's not always going to be followed up with food. So I do like for clients to pick something like bingo or bravo or super. That's not going to come out of their mouth all the time. And then they can just use that when they're rewarding and training their dog intentionally. Because we don't want to blur the lines between your marker, your good, your yes, your super, your bingo with um with just praise because praise and a marker are not the same thing your marker just means means that food is on its way and it marks the moment where your dog did something that you like it is not just it's not the reward itself i hope that makes some sense um and that kind of leads us into other marker training options and fancy marker systems so When I say a marker system or other marker training options, what I mean is that a lot of trainers are starting to use a variety of markers to mean a variety of different reward types or placements are imminent. So um, I don't get too much into this, and I think most of our listeners, this is not going to be necessary for you. Um, But if you do have a puppy who has really strong feelings about toys, Um, It can be really, really helpful to implement a multiple marker system. So with my puppy Niffler, he has a clicker and yes, which mean the same thing. They're both just um, a marker. That means food is on its way. We also have a marker of find it, which means a fistful of food is going to be thrown on the ground. And the cool thing with find it is as soon as I say it, my dog's noses go down and they start snuffling and sniffing. Um instead of looking to me and waiting for me to deliver a treat to their mouths. Um, So it can be really helpful to diffuse social situations if I want my dogs to just put their heads down and stop staring at another dog or something like that. Um, So that's one of our, those are our two markers. You know, we've got yes, slash a clicker. We've got find it. Um, And then I have chase and tug. So chase means chase the thing that I'm throwing you. Um, Usually a ball or really any other sort of toy. Um, And then Tug is obviously playing Tug of War. So for my dogs, both Barley and Niffler, Chase and Tug are really, really big rewards. And I don't like using a clicker to mean multiple different reward types for my dogs because Barley in particular, so my older Border Collie, he's seven. If he is expecting a ball to be thrown to him and then you hand him food, he will not eat that food he is much, much, much more interested in balls and toys than food. Um, and a lot of dogs are the other way around. <laughs> so if you, if they were expecting a piece of chicken and then you gave them a tug toy, most dogs would, many dogs, maybe not most, but many dogs would not be interested. So that's kind of the the value at um, a more introductory level of a multiple marker system is it helps avoid confusion from your dog. And again, if you're switching between different reinforcers, I mean, it can also be a safety thing. So I really like that Barley knows the difference between chase and tug for when I'm rewarding him with toys, because if I'm expecting to chase it and for, for him to chase a toy and he's expecting to tug it, it is very easy for him to bite me in the hand. And I would really rather not have that happen. Um, so those, um, those are some of the basic kind of marker system things. Um, I think this is, this is going to be a really short episode. So what I would love is for people to comment. Um, you can comment on this episode in your review. You can join us on Patreon. That would be my preferred method and ask us questions there, or you can, um, To me in the Pandemic Puppy Raising Support Group over on Facebook with any kind of follow-up questions you guys have on clicker training, and we'll just tackle those um, in the next week as well. Um, So coming up, we're also going to have episodes on Adventure Puppy Prep with Amber Kwan, on potty training with Suzanne Shelton, and a whole lot more. So we've got a lot of other exciting stuff lined up, but we'll keep this clicker training episode nice and short, and then I would love to just get as many questions as we can about clicker training going um, for, for me to answer going forward. Um, and as we're wrapping up here, I do have one last announcement. So I am still going to continue running the Pandemic Puppy Podcast and Journey Dog Training, which is my dog training business. But I am also really excited to announce that I filed paperwork um, this last month to start a nonprofit, which is called Canine Conservationists. So, um, as many of our listeners know, I am a conservation detection dog trainer, which means that I train Barley and Niffler to do things like sniff out dead bats on wind farms for ecological monitoring studies, or we do zebra mussel mitigation work, or we've done black footed ferret um, population studies all sorts of really, really cool stuff. So you can check all of that out and learn more about the work we do do over at canineconservationists.org. And we're actually in the midst of a really big and really important fundraiser right now because I bought us a field vehicle for our upcoming field season. And unfortunately, the repairs that the vehicle needs are much more extensive and expensive than we originally thought. So anything that you guys can do to chip in and help with that, that fundraiser is going to be greatly appreciated. Um, As I said, we've just filed our nonprofit paperwork. So right now, the fundraiser is just over on GoFundMe because we are not an official 501c3 yet. Hopefully, we will be soon. And, uh, if you want to hear more about conservation detection dogs and what that's like, um, there are a lot of things over on the canine conservationists website. And if you hop on over to the canine conversations podcast feed, I also did a whole episode all about, um, kind of the concept of conservation detection dogs that just dropped earlier this week. So you can check that out there. Um, and I hope that's helpful again. I'm Kayla frat. Um, this is the pandemic puppy raising podcast, um, or the pandemic puppy podcast, whatever it's called. (laughs) It's getting very late. Um, and, uh, anything that you guys can do to support us, like review, share, comment, all that good stuff. Um, we really appreciate it. I'll be back in your earbuds next week, hopefully with a full length episode. Um, thanks for listening. Bye.